Hello and welcome to how to run an effective kickoff meeting. The purpose of a very quick study today is to give project managers an idea of the key things to do to run an effective kickoff meeting. Now, right off the bat, the first thing to do before going into any of the formal steps is to get into the right frame of mind. The right frame of mind and the right mindset for a kickoff is I am important. I am a key part of this. If I don't come in with the right mindset, it will not succeed. So you need to posture yourself with confidence, knowing that you've got this. That's why you went through four hours of work in a dingy, dim lit room, sweating and answering 180 boring questions. It was to prove that you have what it takes, all right? So your posture coming in needs to be, I can do this, big deal. I got this. It's a can-do attitude, right? Sometimes you need to almost psych yourself up into being almost sounding cocky, but you're not. You're just trying to get yourself into that. I'm needed, I'm necessary, I'm important, and I bring value. That's why I'm here. I have every right to be at the table with the developers, the product owner, the agile coach, the technical experts, the architect, whoever they are, all right? So my, my advice to a project manager is never to feel inadequate, never to feel less than they are because you've got skills and abilities and interpersonal leanings that a lot of the people at the table may not have developed up to what you have. So I just want to get that out of the way, because if you come into a kickoff meeting without the right posture, it's going downhill quick. I mentored someone about six, seven weeks ago. She was really freaking out over her, her first daily scrum. And I said, look, you need to posture yourself to know you got this. And anyway, long story short, I coached, mentored and trained her and she knocked it out of the park. She knocked it out of the park so well. I haven't heard from her uh, since the first feedback she gave me, like, Phil, thank you so much. I, 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 I did this. It was a home run. All right. So the posture is very important coming in. All right. So let's look at some formal points. Number one, you got to prepare. Prepare for the meeting. Preparing means doing your groundwork, making sure that you've got everything aligned. And for those friends listening, I am right here in the middle of a training, coaching, mentoring session. You're just flies on the wall. <laughs> so just enjoy it, but you're going to be hearing me speaking to someone you can't hear because it's the middle of a mentoring coaching session, but we want to give back and add value to you. So come along for the ride. So the, the first step is to prepare. All right. You got to prepare. You got to research the company. So I'll refer to my friend on the call as my friend, as my friend has done right? My friend has prepared. She's done all her homework. She's read about the company, right? You've read about the company. So you've got an idea about the products and the services that they deliver, right? So what I would advise is when you're talking about the products and services, uh, make references to names so that it anchors people back in to the overarching reason, the purpose. Make reference to that product name. Make reference to that service name. Make reference to that research initiative, whatever it is. Keep drumming it down. And what that's going to do is build common ground so that everyone feels, oh, we're all the same. We, we, yeah, we, 
we're on the same page. We understand why we're here. That's the first thing. The second one is introductions. In these kickoff meetings, it will amaze you how many people in the room may not know what the other person does. So I, I espouse the idea of 10 second intros. I mean, if you have 10 people in the room and each does a 10 second intro and you request a 10 second intro, everyone knows, okay, within two minutes, we're gonna be done with the intro tops. So introductions are good. I always encourage my project managers to get to know who the sponsor of the endeavor is so that you can make the appropriate introductions, whatever the case, know who the players are and get everyone to speak. That's pretty much how it, it goes and know the business, right? So start with the introductions. After the introductions, number three is gonna be the purpose, the reason, why are we here? The project's purpose, my goodness. I can't tell you how powerful you are when you know the vision of the product. When you know the, project, the product's purpose and you know what the project is all about, wow, it just gives you so much cloud credibility, class, and an edge over a facilitator that is clueless. So while we're not saying be a technical guru in Python or C++ or Java, all we're saying is know why this product is in existence, why it's coming into existence, know why we're doing this research, what do we expect to get out of it, all right? The next thing is share a plan, some sort of overarching roadmap. Now, you, my friend on the call knows my buddy Roy and I love roadmaps. So my, what I would say is build a mock-up roadmap to at least get the conversation going. Have a roadmap to start with. So your roadmap, whether you want to call it a project plan, if you're in a company that is more agile leaning, the big deal is the roadmap, right? The roadmap what does this release look like? Or what does this research look like? Or what are the cycles in what we're doing is a big one to share. And visually at a high level, it'll go a long way, right? The next one is a plan. So a roadmap is high level, a plan is different. I highly recommend my friend on the call, if you go to one of my favorite links, it's tinyurl.com forward slash Sigma PMO, that's CDC site. You go to the CDC site, you can download a, an empty plan. And if I was presenting to a team of experts, what I would show them is, hey, this is, what, this is how the plan could be, just to give them some context to the fact that, hey, I'm organized, I will run this well for you, stakeholders, money and time is precious, and I will effectively manage it. I'll be a good custodian of it. So I have a roadmap. That's number four. Number five is I have a plan. So I would highly recommend downloading a sample plan. And honestly, it's something you can embed in a uh, PowerPoint and just show, hey, this is how the plan is going to flow, right? We're going to have an overarching schedule. Some people get scared when they see big plans. So you could whittle it down into maybe just a one or two pager. Try to know a little bit about the culture of the organization you're in. If the culture is bent and leaning towards details, then that's okay. But if they're more like, you know, agile in mind, then you might need to start the dialogue of simplicity. The art of maximizing the amount of work not done is my mantra. So all of this stuff is just placeholder stuff. In the real world, if there's anything that we need to cut out, it'll be cut out, right? So the roadmap, the plan is number five. 
Number six would be high level scope. So at a very high level, you wanna go into the scope because scope is everything. As I often say, requirements beget scope and scope begets schedule and schedule and scope beget cost and that begets quality. So depending on what you're, you're asked to do, the scope, it could be really dense, but you gotta make it high level. So I would say in a kickoff meeting, you wanna keep your, your project scope high level, high level inclusions, very important exclusions. And if there's any way you could summarize the scope at a very, very, very high level um, without going into the dregs, that is advice. But if there are exclusions that are important, uh, those could be called out. One of the tricks that a good PM should use is if you don't know anything, rely on expert judgment. So if you don't know the exclusions, you could ask the question, what is your opinion about exclusions on this project? Have we captured them all? Are there any exclusions that concern you? Are we all on the same page regarding the inclusions? I tell you, a great facilitator knows the questions to ask. And you could ask that question from a variety of angles, but what it's gonna do is engage, suck them in, and it's a suggestion, I am in control of the facilitating, right? Not, you're not saying I'm in control of you guys. No, you're saying I'm in control of the facilitating. So you can ask questions, you can pull them in at the right time. You could do that for dynamics purposes. And it goes a really long way in bringing people along for the ride and getting the truth from those people in the room, those who typically wouldn't speak, you could actually call on some people by name and say, well, um, Phil, what, what are your comments on, on, on the statement that uh, the exclusions are this, that, and that? All right, number seven is roles and responsibilities. By this time, one should have an idea of who does what on the project, just understanding the overarching titles of pe that people have in the organization. And then if those are congruent with what they're doing on the project, making reference to that or just calling them out by what they have committed to do, right? Roles and responsibilities. Also coming in with that servant posture that I am deferring to you to tell me what I don't know kind of thing. And I'm here to help facilitate. I'm here to help move us forward. That is my skill set. That is my leaning. I'm able to move things forward based on what you all already know. Right? So I need to know what you know so I can help move things forward. It's also a posture of none of us is smarter than all of us. So that mindset just needs to permeate. Okay, after roles and responsibilities, the next thing you wanna talk about is how are you going to track the project? Are you gonna use a burn down chart, burn up chart? Um, are we getting in people's business as far as the nitty gritty of tasks that they're doing? Or are we gonna keep it at a really high level? You know, those are some of the, the things that should be discussed. So where are you gonna track the project information, the data? Is it gonna be an MS project, plan view? Is it gonna be a Kanban board? Is it gonna be JIRA? You know, and the real-time updates, you know, things like that. And last of all, the ninth thing you wanna do as a PM is you wanna make time for questions that people may have because they will have questions. So if you plan, say about five minutes at the end, 10 minutes, depending on how long uh, your meeting is, just plan time for questions and it's gonna go well. So at a high level, number one, prepare, number two, introductions, number three, a purpose and a vision, 
Number four, a roadmap showing the sequence of higher level events. Uh, number five, a plan such as the one on the CDC website. Number six, high level scope. Number seven, roles and responsibilities. Number eight, tracking, how you're gonna track the project, move it along, uh, the meetings, the vehicle for the meeting. So people know, is it, are we gonna have daily standups? So are we gonna meet once a week? Those are things that will fall under tracking. And number nine will just be questions and any comments, all right? So that is what I would recommend to our friends watching after the fact on YouTube. If you are looking for coaching, training, mentoring, and help, Go on down to the link that you see on the screen. It's pmanonymous.com. You know, like AA, this is PM Anonymous. And the purpose of this is to help those of you who need a little bit more help training, coaching, and mentoring to do great in your project management. All right, thank you for joining me. I'm going back to my awesome student who is on the call. Talk to you soon.